Amid tequila parties, shootouts, and high-level diplomatic negotiations, Wolfman and his cohorts pitched sex pills, diet pills, record packages, and even Wolfman roach clips, guaranteed to make the intrepid insects easier to handle. The Wolfman had fun, but he took care of business, too. The advertisers and their broadcast preachers who bought time on his radio pulpit were soon mailing their payments to an address in Shreveport, where he kept his family and a hand in WCIJ, care of somebody named Smith. Unlike the previous administration at the station, the boss wolfman kept his followers in boots and boleros and the government goons well-stocked with graft payments. Nearly fifty people lived at the station. He kept a doctor on the payroll, a real one. Wolfman was their leader and protector, and he threw a good party every now and then as well. One was a $5,000 affair, he said, with a host strutting around like Viva Zapata, bandoleras across his chest, pistols at his hips, and bodyguards in his wake. He chewed on roasted goat legs while an occasional bullet whizzed by his head courtesy of the former radio station regime, which had never really given up the fight. Quote, They'd have their little wars all day and then settle down with goat tacos and tequila, Lou recalled. The wolfman's profits and partying got the goat of the previous station administration in exile, and the determined opposition reasserted itself one night, about two weeks after the gringo with the growl had set up camp. The wolfman and his wolf wife were enjoying each other's company in their hotel room in Del Rio one January night in 1964. War was about to become hell. Quote, I hadn't seen her in about two months, he said. Things had finally quieted down, and we were relaxing a little bit. I had people walking around with guns so that everyone could see that we were armed. The hired guns were costing me $10 a day just to walk around the building, so I got rid of them and had the station help stay out there for three or four days per shift, sleeping there too. And then the next crew would come and relieve them. I was running the station and had virtually taken it over with no problems. So I called my wife, who had had our son just a few months before, and said, Lou, come on down. It's a short flight. I'll get you a nice suite at the Del Rio Hotel. So, we were making love in the middle of the night, and like always, I had the radio station on. The Reverend J. Charles Jessup was on the air, and all of a sudden, in the middle of preaching, this little Mexican kid opens up the microphone and says, Pistoleros! Pistoleros! I could hear gunshots in the background going, ping, ping, and I said, holy shit, and jumped about four feet in the air and said, I gotta do something about that. I got my Starfire Oldsmobile, a pink one, although they called it salmon-colored, and headed over to the Rio Grande. I learned in doing business over there that you always had to carry a big wad of money in your pocket. I knew the sheriff across the border, and I gave him money to come with me and to get other people to come with us. Anybody with wheels and a gun was good enough for me. One guy was driving a garbage truck, another a motor scooter. We rounded up about 20 people, including the entire second shift of the radio station, and each one had a vehicle. So we headed out, and dawn was breaking just as we hit over the ridge. Here was this big radio station with one huge tower, and these guys were riding around it like Indians, circling the wagon train and shooting at it. The guys inside were shooting back. So, here we come. I got maybe twenty cars following me, and through the dust of first light, it must have looked like a thousand. I told everybody to honk their horns and shoot their guns. They had only maybe about twenty riders on horseback on their side, and we probably scared the shit out of them. Basically, they spun around the station one more time and took off for the hills. When we arrived, everybody had cleared out. 
We found one of their boys killed, but it was a close-range bullet that got him, and they figured he must have run into one of his own men's bullets and got his head blown off.